Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Gambles, bottom of the magical, stands in support, back to Tessie Gill. That's a beautiful drive for the Breakers. Strong catch from Farnworth. Oh, he's kept it alive and then socket it ahead by Gamble. It's over. This might be something extraordinary. Before the break for Brisbane, he's got it all paid off. Wow. Well, they're two origin players combined. Hello, Broncos fans, and welcome to this year's episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch, and I'm joined online by our good friend, Simo. How are you going, Simo? Yeah, now nah, pretty good. Yourself? Mate, I'm all right. I'm all right. We're both doing okay. I can't see you on the camera, mate. I want to see how your mullet's going. but It's, uh, it's pretty good, but we had yeah, problems hi. last time with the camera. Where it was like. So I just, I didn't even plug it in today, so. Well, mate, I'm due a slip. You might see that as long as my hair's been since the lockdown, mate. But the barbers around here, they're letting me down. There's, yeah. They're always busy. But You've got hair on the side of your head. <laughs> I hate it, mate. I hate it. And, you know, I'm 32 now and there's a couple of, thank God I'm blonde, but there's some sneaky greys in there, mate. And, it, you know. Yeah, I, I, get, I get some grey every now and then. But, you know, it's, it's all right. We'll, we'll deal with that. Yeah, um, but have you seen, by the way, mentioning mullets, the World Mullet Championship for, like, kids in America? Yeah, I get sent everything to do with do. a mullet. <laughs> Same as, like, when Lachlan Miranda would do anything you'd do. Oh, the Miranda stuff killed me. Yeah, so, you know, anything, anywhere happens with a mullet, and, yeah, I, I get sent that. Yeah, well, people, if you want to find it, just, you know, search on Twitter, USA Mullet Championships, but it's just funny because the names of these kids, Rustin Alphen. William Dale Ramsey, Epic Auto, and the last one is a turban, a Landry Turban. Of course, it's a turban with his shit house hair, but just those names and body mullets, and just like Simo Ali, mate, that's a mullet name to me. Yeah. Well, man. America needs some help. <laughs> they do. Anyway, Broncos shit. We haven't spoken about the Broncos on here forever. I haven't spoken about a lot on Broncos week, on Boom Rookies either. I haven't. To be honest, this is our third recording all season, including a preseason one. <laughs> yeah, I think we had, uh, yeah, maybe it is. I thought there was four. I don't know. Maybe it's third. Anyway, there's been big news in the last few weeks. We're not only, I think the last time we recorded, Tamari was going to fullback. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was a long time fullback, ago. Going, we've gone through Tamari going to fullback, being a sensational fullback, and changing the way the team defended and played. We've gone from that through to he's going to another club. <laughs> but the big news we haven't covered is Reese Walsh is coming back to the club uh, for apparently really no money, cheap money, and coming back to, I mean, we, we mentioned this when he left, mate. He was a kid who had an 18-year-old who had a baby. It's like, are you really going to move to New Zealand with a baby, like at 18? 
Yeah. And no, he's not. So he's back. He's coming back home for like 400k a year to be the fullback. And you know what? I'm I'm glad that this year he's been pretty at media because I didn't bother. I didn't keep bashing him this year. So I just get to move past bashing him last year. Never happened. I um. Well, well my first point here is it is amazing what winning does to a team. Oh, like, my god, isn't it? Like, if you had this season, say the the year he left. If you've got like a winning team that it looks like it's going to be good in the future, and it's like, mate, in ten weeks you can have the fullback spot. I just don't think somebody leaves that team, yeah. but he obviously did, and the team was obviously a lot worse then. As far as he himself goes, though, I must be like the most the Broncos fan that's the most down on Reese Walsh. Like, I just don't, I just don't see it. <laughs> I don't know what everyone else is, and I, oh, at this point, I'm just hoping that. I'm just that wrong on it. And when he gets here, it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, the good thing is it's like 350 a year, apparently, which again, it's not our money, but yeah. considering we've, we've struggled for so long, we've always seemed to have no money for the spine. It's nice that, you know, he's taken no money for the spine. And the way it all worked out was really funny. How like the Warriors pretty much said he couldn't go to anyone but Brisbane and like on the same money, even though they can't really say that, but they did. And Reese Walsh just listened. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, he's gone to let, let go, come back to the Broncos. Uh, as you said, Tamare has probably been really good, which makes it tough. And Reese Walsh defensively is not up to the standard Tamare Martin set for us. But I think it's easy to forget that, you know, I know Tamare has been really good now, but when he left the NRL, he was a pretty shithouse fullback. He just got back there at the Cowboys, wasn't really doing anything, you know, and Walsh is still like a 19-year-old with a lot of potential. I understand, sorry, 20 years old now. I understand what you're saying, mate. There's a, I think the, we, last year we agree, the hype went way too far. And I don't think he has the potential that many were saying he had. But, mate, like, he's got that pace off the mark. He has no top-end speed. People are mixing his acceleration with speed. He gets caught every, like, full-field break he makes. But he has pace off the mark, can pass, has puts a lot of effort in, you know, and does try in defense. He misses tackles, right? And people were comparing that to Tessie New the other week. And it's like, no, no. Reese Walsh gets there to fuck up. That's why it looks worse. Yeah. The other guy doesn't get there. You know, that's much worse than Reese Walsh getting there and missing a tackle. Tessie is not even in the frame. Like, he's that's not, why he, no one thinks about it because he's not even in the picture. Yeah, and then he's standing there shocked on his look, look on his face. Like, how'd that happen? Who did that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean they made it through the, the defensive line? But yeah, I think um, it's just, as you said, winning does a lot. I think it's just good to get someone back for once as well because so often. These players leave and we get reports they're going to come home and it never happens. Yeah, like for feeder. Yeah, and I think that was this one was like I think because I think for feeder will probably end up with the Dolphins anyway. Like I just think we'll ever have the money to afford him to come back. Yeah, I the Dolphins like it makes sense. He gets to go to yeah. a different team. They'll have money. Play outside Cam Munster. Yeah, but um, as you said, mate, winning makes a big difference. Hey, like a lot of these guys who left the last couple of years, there's no doubt a few who regret it. I think for Fee to be one of them, even though he's got all that money. But also other ones that like, how quickly did we just not give a shit about Xavier Coates last year or give a shit now? Like, oh, it, it's great. It's, it's so good. <laughs> he's not in our best back fault. Like the four best backs at Queensland. He doesn't bring Brisbane, doesn't make it. No. Like, we, he always, like, when you'd watch him play, you'd see like potential. You could always see just heaps of potential and like yeah, it's been the same. And you just honestly, I mean, I thought this, and I'm sure most people thought this is like he's going to go to the storm, it's going to be a well run team, and it will just click for him. And it just hasn't clicked for him. 
Yeah, and he still scored a try a game there, but a lot of them are still the same thing that like it's it's the same thing that when Alex Johnson scoring 25 tries this year. It's like, well, is there a winger who wouldn't have scored those 12 tries? Yeah, not not in. No. I think most of them would. Like any decent winger would be scoring all those. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we've seen the form of Oates and Cobbo, and Cobbo has got mistakes here. But I think the big thing with Cobbo is like he's actually shown improvement in the in his year and a half in first grade. Like he's actually shown week to week he gets better and does some individual brilliant things. And Coates is generally a bit of a cherry on top. But Cobbo, you know, funny thing we noticed about him, mate, when we kick to him. He does this rare thing, Simo, of catching the fucking ball. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't it's leap a, a mile high, but he catches the damn ball. It's a it's a novel novel concept in, in rugby league. Well, for for codes, but um, oh, I, was, I wanted to mention this too from about tomorrow, Martin. Before we moved on too far, I obviously I I love Ezra Man, but also just the timing of that is like. Any other year where this kind of happened and you'd have Reese Walsh coming back is you'd you'd be like, oh, Tamari Martin could play six. But it's for him, it's just ended up being like bad timing of a couple of things at the Broncos because you got the fullback there. You're not replacing Ezra Mam now, like unless you're just crazy. Like that's just his spot. He's been sensational there. Um, defensively and attackingly, Ezra. And every week we see something new. And he looks like he's going to break the game open every week. And he's actually comboed with Tamari Martin's really nice. because That's why I like Tamari at fullback. Not just the mistakes Tessie makes, but people like to point on like Tessie's run meters on that kind of garbage. I don't care. They're free meters most of the time. But Tamari getting his like first receiver really helped Ezra as well. Like a lot of good, Ezra's good moments when Tamari's come down the left-hand side. So I'm with yeah. you. It's unfortunate. They took this upside swing at Tamari. It worked. We love the signing at the time because it costs nothing. It's worked out really well. All the other guys talk about him glowingly and then the quotes from him today i'll read some of them people haven't heard them but tamara said obviously i wanted to stay they gave me the opportunity to put my foot back in the door in first grade the plan was to stay but things happened and they did well to get race walsh if you put yourself in the club shoes it's a business and he's a gun player who will fit really well into this brisbane squad they picked him up at a good price that have done really well there's so much young talent coming through the club the future is bright here for the broncos there's no hard feelings whatsoever and yeah that's pretty much exactly how i feel about it all yeah, I mean, when you have someone talking like that, you just you just want to keep him around somewhere. But you know, you do. He's he deserves he's like a good, good role. I oh, know he he's been great. He deserves a good role somewhere. And well, you know, warriors are warriors. But yeah, I think after like a couple of weeks, you'd almost agreed like a two year extension. If you remember, like you played like two games at the back or whatever. And I think his agent did the right thing and went, "Hang on a second. Yeah, let's see yeah, actually how like, good you see. are. Let's see how good you actually are because he would have." probably signed on as being like the backup, like being the 14 or being like the backup fullback or six. It would have been great, but he's too good for that. He's definitely too good for that role. Like yeah, whether it's six or one, like whatever in the spine, he deserves a starting spot in the spine somewhere in the NRL. Yeah, And um, I've been an Ezra fan for a couple of years now, but I know like we haven't enough of this podcast to talk about him, but we always so easy, we've heard so much about young talent and young halves at Brisbane or similar. It's always so easy to buy in, but it's quite funny that Ezra's one nobody spoke about, and he's still barely getting hype. Apparently, just now I saw a message we got that he just finally got some hype on a Matt Nable promo before the Fox game. But he has been the best rookie half in the competition by some distance, and having a fantastic rookie season in a team that like we're decent, but it's not exactly like it's been piss easy for him. It hasn't like he gets tested every week in defense, and that's the thing I didn't know that was there. 
because I watched him in Queensland Cup and his defense wasn't there and he's been fantastic that way. But yeah, he's been way too good to even think about like Tamare step in and Ezra goes back to Queensland Cup next year. He's a first grade footballer every day of the week. Yeah, I mean, especially you might have some questions about it if his defense was just shocking, but like there's not a downside to having him in there. Like, you know, you might have a game where he's not lighting it on fire with the ball, but he's not going to cost you while you're defending. So yeah, you can just keep him in there and it's safe. It's fine. You know, it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, the only really mistakes he's made all year is like two forty twenty attempts he put out in the full. But like, if those are the rookie mistakes you make as a rookie, it's like that's I'm okay with it. I'll live with yeah. it. But I love he's such an active support player, strong defensively, and he genuinely looks like he's going to crack the game open almost every time he touches the ball. And the you know, thing, at some point, it's going to happen. Like, obviously, I I don't know if you know this about me, but I was obviously a big Anthony Milford fan. Oh, um, you. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, obviously, like, we all said this for years, is, like, Milford needs a seven. Like, it would th- this team would go great if you had a good seven and Milford could do Milford stuff beside that. And then it was just holding on hope forever and it never happened. And then when he, like, left, I, don't, I was always just, like, a bit sad that you, we never saw that happen. Like, mm, We got, what, like, two and a half years of really good Milford and never again. Yeah, and I was just, like, a bit sad that you know we never saw what we thought could happen with that but it's not Milford but it's about as close as we're ever going to see with that and like it might end up being better than Milford because he'll have a better team around him that works you know so but I'm just happy that we might get to see that same thing we've been waiting for for a while yeah yeah I cannot believe the Knights offered him three years and he didn't take it but like he he hadn't even really played that well for them yet Milford and they offered him three years and the moment he signed his deal for the Dolphins, he's been pretty average. He's pretty bad last week. But yeah, it's still sad seeing him be such a such a negative football player. Like he doesn't look like he's enjoying his footy ever, Milford. And that's the tough part of watching him for mine. Not even that he's like washed or anything. Cause like all these great players or exciting hearts, they all end up washed at some point, right? But you know, Benji didn't look miserable in no, his 30s, like, did he? When Milford is happy like there's not a man with a bigger smile on his face and but at the moment he just looks like he's as sour as a suck ball head like yeah just he does not look like he wants to be playing football really yeah and uh luckily it's not a problem anymore but as you said we're actually in this situation now that we have an, a seven we've signed re-signed the nine hopefully blake moser works out i mean we're putting our eggs into a lot of children's baskets but hopefully that works out because for most of this year we've had Tessie as a fullback with a losing record there, Tamare is what he nine and two at fullback. Tessie's a losing record there. Um, what was eight and two, whatever. And then we've had a rotation of like Billy Turpin, Pakes, and then pretty much Adam Reynolds is the only one who's a locked on NRL starter. And that's been enough of an improvement to help Ezra have it easy in first grade. Yeah, I mean, like, we we'd said for years like all this team needed was a seven. And it's like it's got that, and it's been like what probably won't make the top four, but being in that discussion this year, you know, like it's it's been a pretty good, pretty decent season, really. And yeah, I know Broncos fans have gone off the boil, but I'm still happy. You know, I just I felt of there's still a chance we miss the finals, and I'll be fucking miserable then because like we've made the finals some bad years. Brisbane have we were bad when we made it under Seabold. This team isn't bad. They're probably going to win 14 or 15 games. They could win 14 games and miss the finals. 
and that's fucked up because we won 2006. We won 14 games. You know, we won the comp with 14 games, and we might miss the finals this year if that happens. If we lose to the Storm and we lose to the Eels, there's a chance that that's enough to get to get out of the finals, which is ridiculous. That that is great, especially considering. You have a lot of years where, like, either a, a tying record, twelve and twelve, or even an eleven and thirteen record, will get teams yeah. into the finals. That's it. There's been the years when eleven and thirteen gets you in, or eleven and a draw, or twelve and twelve. But yeah, it's just quite funny how the the ladders change over uh, over time. Like I've spoke about this Bungard on, on our other podcast with Bungard, like or when we're talking in person, like he's mesh, like talking to me about the ladder, and it's like, mate, I genuinely don't care where we finish, like. I want to make the finals and I want to finish top six, but I genuinely don't care who finishes above or below us because like my entire life, Brisbane have never finished where they should have finished, you know, because they've always lost origin games. Yeah, it's been origin. Like we've finished in the top four, like never the Broncos, even, even when we do well, we finish like fourth, but even then, like you said, 2006 was 14 wins and we lost a final and that was good enough for third, 14 wins. And, uh, might not be good enough this year to make the final. We should we should do there, but I'm still quite happy with the season. There's obviously, I think the tough part that's happened the last few weeks is if you offered any Broncos fan end of like start of the season, five weeks of the season, if you offered us to be sitting sixth or seventh in week 22, it all bite your hand off. But I think it's been tougher to swallow for people because we've kind of looked like we hit our peak five weeks ago. Or was before Origin, before we had all those injuries and we brought in, you know, Zach Hosking similar, even though we won a couple of games then. It feels like we hit our peak before then. And I know that's not sitting well with people, but it's like, come on, it's a successful season. If they make the finals from here, we could be pretty happy about it. Yeah, it's it's been good. But yeah, not so much from the injuries for me, but just like when the people were fit, like when Tamari Martin came back and then you're still playing Tessie New, stuff like that just really irritates me because yeah you had this yeah you had this team and they won like eight in a row whatever it was and then you had the people there to basically put that team back on the park Hmm. like you had to go away from that because of origin and a couple of injuries but then when you have the ability to go back to that team you don't and that's frustrate me too that's the most frustrating for me i 100 agree with that and i also i realized i was at that roosters game and watching tessie or similar I know people like to say this garbage, but I actually, when we re- lost the game at full time, I was like, wait, if we won, we'd probably keep Tessie at fullback. We'd probably keep, they, they started turping that game. If we won, they'd probably keep that. And then we'd probably beat the Knights. And all of a sudden, that's what we play the rest of the year. Yeah, probably. So it was I, almost I, like, it kind of was lost. We had to have for some reason. Because I said, that is the frustrating part is that they did actually, they kept you for a while, it blended things up and moved it around. And he finally did hit bingo, right? He hit the team. And it has been strange that he hasn't gone back to it. But if our biggest complaint now is what Corey Pake's not taking Turpin's spot, the team's okay now. Yeah, well, we've got that team mostly back to what it was. Yeah. yeah obviously, yeah, just two weeks the ago, it was there. a bit of panic station, mate, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, Tessie just is like, it's a dr- addition by subtraction taking him out of the side. Like, just, he's a handbrake. Yeah, I, I just judge people's actual footy knowledge if they if they if they rate his work at fullback this year or not. And Tessie's a guy I thought was a great prospect. And the, the thing is, he again just like Xavier Coates, he's like the same player he is when he came into first grade. And people just assume he's going to improve. And I want to ask you why. Like, what have you seen from Tessie that shows he's going to improve? Like the fact that his off ball work is so bad, 
and he hasn't improved over a number of years, why will it one day just get better? The thing with Tessie is you've got like a lot of Broncos fans obviously watch the games, so they know yeah. that he's bad. If you're not a Broncos fan, you watch your team and then you catch like the four-minute highlights or something, you see the flashy things he does do with the ball and you see him not in the frame on yeah. the tries that concede. So you're like, Tessie's good. Yeah. And you also ignore that, you know, whilst he runs with the ball sometimes and dummies and similar, nothing happens. <laughs> it's like when Milford, before we realised he was going to shit, it's like, oh, he looks kind of likely, but nothing's happening. I was like, oh, no, he's, he's finished. A lot, of, is. a lot of that was also like no one ever ran with Milford yeah, like the last 100%. year. What's the other part of what Reese Walsh should bring a bit to is um, he's very active, like very active support player, which will help. Oh, sneaky thing, by the way, I love about Ezra Mayer. He gets like an, a, a mark is not square penalty once a game. He must play touch shitloads. He gets like <laughs> once a game, he catches the mark is not square and gets a penalty, which is like a penalty nobody grabs, but he runs into the dummy half and gets them all the time. I love that. The veteran penalty for a young fella. He's uh, he's a lot cluier than like he's just fairly smart for. We've had some dumb footballers come through the Broncos, you know, like and just not knowing rules and yeah. just not being generally aware of game time situations. Yeah, and and the funny thing we've got with guys like um Ezra is over the last couple of years, any young player, any player on the age of twenty three, right, is coming to first grade and being shit. People are going, oh. There was no, there was coronavirus. Just like any excuse, any business world too. It's like, oh, that didn't happen because of Corona. Haven't heard that for Ezra Man playing like a veteran. <laughs> Haven't heard oh, <laughs> It's the Corona. That's why he's a veteran, good veteran player. Yeah. It's quite funny. We hear that a lot for, for players struggling. I do think though you touched on a good thing. We might as well talk about it. Like funny what winning cures and how, again, we've all, we bitch about this for like five years that the Broncos is on easy mode. It really is on easy mode compared to other clubs. And we somehow fucked it up. But you look at it again now, like like Herbie Farmworth had no business resigning. Let's be real. But he took a one-year deal and then they've already signed Walsh after that. But it's like, yeah, when the vibe is good, you're playing at Suncorp, people there, you're winning games. It's really hard to leave. And we made it really easy for guys to leave in the last what, few years. Like you just see like, oh, you're winning games. People are having fun. Like people like winning games and they have fun and people want to have fun like with their mates and yeah, like if you got Herbie coming off contract and the Dolphins going in down the road like two years ago, and then Wayne's like, "Oh, you can come be our fullback." Like, He'd been gone a hundred percent. Yeah, and he probably won't be there forever. But also, like people are already now saying to Faye complete that next year he'll be fullback somewhere. Why? Yeah, like you know, he's people like in the in our world moves moves slowly. Their brains like. Herbie wasn't getting attention for ages that he was off contract, right? And then he was good. It took about 10 rounds of being good for teams to go, hang on, that guy's pretty good. And then he got some attention, but now he's injured. People have forgotten about him. It's like when Cam Munster was being out, they forget about they forgot about him. You know, it's like the NRL forgot about Herbie Farmworth. So I'm I'm convinced people forget about Herbie or like ne- never. It always seemed he was so like underrated for the stuff he could do. And I'm convinced it's just because he's white and like He's just English generic man. white man. <laughs> yeah, the English stuff is not going to help either. But like, just some of the stuff he'd do is just amazing from a center. We miss you know, him. if you had some, uh, yeah, uh, English is, he's not going to get, you know, origin high kangaroos. Yeah, if, any if, of you that had, if you had a, a, an origin eligible player play like he played this year, 
there'd been hype everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, he, he you know, we miss him and I'm oh, looking forward to him coming back. We just missed his yardage a bit. And a couple of weeks ago when we had like him, like I do like our depth, like Pereira did his job bar the Eels game. He got found out. Hoyt has been pretty solid. Brenko was good in his game somehow. And then Dean Mariner got a shot and didn't fully grab it with two hands. Like the debt's been great. And that's some of the stuff that they've done quite well instead of throwing more children in mostly. They've actually relied on veterans to fill in and it's worked. But we really did have missed Herbie and we did miss Cobo a lot just because of just that something a little extra, something sharp, guys who can create something out of nothing. We've missed them a bit. And I'm looking forward to Herbie coming back, hopefully next week with um, bringing back his, uh, his yardage game. But it is funny because they're not only like when the Broncos are good, like not only uh, our players, our players are wanted anyway. That's why I found that even when we sucked, everyone stole our players. People want to poach our players now, but our fringe players get overpaid and overrated. And I think that's part of a, a good thing for Brisbane because it helps us draw in guys like that. Like it helps us get a Tamari Martin. It helps us get a Zach Hoskin because, hey, you come here for a year, get some attention, have like three good games, you'll get a two-year deal somewhere else next year. So I've liked that coming back as well because uh, that's not been there for a while. That, you know, that's the classic Tao Tao Moga movement. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a good one, Tao Tao. It was, but yeah, we're then, good at getting players overrated and overpaid. <clears throat> it, a lot of that's just they're on TV. They are. <laughs> like, they're talked about a lot. But it's been, that's, I've also enjoyed so far under Icon that there really hasn't been much of that. We haven't really heard a lot about the massive deal of Broncos players where he signed on. There's been a bit of word out of Flegler's camp about him wanting 850. I think he'll be told to shove it if he wants if he wants 850. So, which is fine. I mean, mate, you, you were here making a lot of money, too much money for a number of years. You want to leave the good vibe now and go where? Yeah, I I'm not going to cry if he leaves. Yeah, I've, well, it's also I think the last couple of years has also uh, toughened us in that regard. Hey, someone it doesn't matter. It'll be the next awesome Broncos kid. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> yeah, know? I honestly like. Dave and Ben just running the team. Like, you just have confidence that they're not doing dumb stuff. Like, and then, like, to run a, a really good rugby league team, I don't even think you have to be great. You just need to yeah. not do dumb stuff. It's like, that's the bar to run a competent rugby league side that can win games. And, like, that just seems to be what we've been able to do. Yeah, that's it, mate. And um, obviously, that's some, Important positions really matter. And that's one that we really did miss. Like Adam Reynolds has made the renovation of everyone's saying now, the renovation, everyone's saying that. Um, he's obviously made a big impact too. But yeah, we for a long time, we all we ignored those key positions and it didn't matter how good the rest of this, this team was when we had, God, I don't want to go through the people. Everyone knows who played seven and six for us the last couple of years, but we had and a lot McCulloch. of certified reserve graders. And McCulloch, yeah. Ugh. Oh God, he's been bad at the Dragons. <laughs> yeah. What a shock. But yeah, it's, it's just been good to have the decent vibes back. And then the things like Reese Walsh coming back, that just happened so fast. And that was, as you said, it just shows competence. It doesn't show they're amazing administrators. It shows competence, which hasn't been there in the past. The thing with Walsh too is like, and I like, all right, you see a lot of build up for some of these people and it never ends up happening. I never really exactly. saw much of this build up. And then it was just, oh yeah, Reese Walsh is coming. It seemed like one week or something and it was all done. Whereas for yeah. you know other players, you hear talk of it for like a year, like oh, are they going? Are they, they're going to come to the Broncos? Like you get that talk about Craig Bellamy and Cameron Smith every year out of the storm, like half a year. Oh, they're going to come to the Broncos and they don't. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think that's also been part of the the good stuff with Ike and similar. Even though Ike, all of his mates are in the media, right? we've seen a lot like that and Reynolds stuff happened like that. It wasn't months of speculation. It was they went and got caught having a meeting, and he was signed like a week later, you know. And then Reese Walsh stuff happened in a couple of days, and years prior, you'd hear we'd hear about guys potentially coming home for a year, and then nothing will happen. So that's been good. But uh, anyway. <sighs> Who else has impressed you so far this year, mate? Anyone else you've uh, been really happy with the last few weeks? Anyone let you disappointed you? Um, well, Jordan Ricky is the easy answer there as far as disappointments. Yeah. On, on like the, the good side of that question, Selwyn Cobbo is like also an easy answer, but I've just loved watching him play. Like I said this in, I don't know, some group chat, but just like him playing with Reynolds is just, great to watch and he just does stuff that like yeah he just, he just always seems to be there when Reynolds needs and just he's scoring tries for fun and it's great to see and like his smile is like the greatest smile in the world yeah it is and we mentioned it earlier in the year when he's managed trying to get him paid and get him to leave it's like everybody knows Selwyn wants to play for the Broncos everyone knows this and he yeah. got an orange jersey there he wasn't leaving and too many people get worried again. Too many fans worry about this stuff. When you're going well, players aren't thinking, fuck, I need to go play fullback. Like, you think Joseph Manu stayed at the Roosters thinking about playing fullback the entire time? When you're enjoying yourself and things going well, like, players will resign and play where there's, you know, wherever, wing, center, all that kind of stuff. Fullback will maybe come one day for Selwyn, but that's future Selwyn's problem. But yeah, he enjoys playing there and he's in a team that, you know, Kevy has a lot of faults and a lot of strengths. And, I, I have the shits myself for the amount of mistakes that right edge make, but like he's definitely enabled them to do what they want. Like he's a he's definitely given Cobo and Stags a license to try things and make mistakes. And you won't get that at many clubs. They won't let Selwyn just have a crack like that at many clubs. And, you know, they, they pull off quite a few trick shots Selwyn's way and Adam Reynolds seems to love kicking to him. And yeah, that's been a pretty, pretty good combination. And I don't know why you'd ever want to move it. You know, I don't know why people want to move him from the wing. Keep him there, but uh, he's he's staying around. I've been really happy with him as well. Really impressed. And Ricky, I think everyone's disappointed in Ricky, but I didn't expect much. So yeah, no, don't expect much, and you're still disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and- uh, I don't have too many other answers for like disappointing players. I guess like I guess Hooker's our other position that's been a letdown. Like Billy's but again, been okay, but also like we weren't expecting much either from Billy or yeah. Turpin. Like they're not players. You've got high hopes on achieving much like. Yeah. And I wish Corey Page was playing, but like, yeah. I think some people have overread into me wanting him to play is to me thinking he's some superstar. It's like, no, no, I just think like it's, I'm setting the bar better than Jake Turpin. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> not know? Billy. He's not Billy. That's, that's what he is. But yeah. He's better than Jake Turpin. He can pass cleaner. That's, that's, you know, and he's decent service and our team moves up the field quicker when he's on the field. But oh, I'm not going to lose my mind over it now. Hopefully he comes back in, but whatever, if he doesn't. But yeah, um, not really any other disappointments that you said. I've, I've been disappointed and it's not even by his performance, but like not being able to see Brendan, Brendan Piakura play first grade this year. It's because, we, you know, we, we paid him pretty decent money, edge back rower, lots of potential, but got con- like the week he got concussed before we needed him and same thing when TC broke his arm and it gave Hoskins a chance. So Hoskins did a great job and earned a deal and win-win for everyone. But I really wanted to see Pio Kura get a couple of shots in first grade just to put that pressure on Ricky. And, you know, whilst Hoskins played really well, 
a guy at a training trial who's got was going to, if he if he played well he was never staying and he did. He's never going to put pressure on Ricky's spot. You yeah, know? He, and that was unfortunate that period that <laughs> TC broke his arm and Pierre Cura was out concussed. We didn't get those guys to get an opportunity, and when the team keeps winning, they're not going to drop Ricky. No, like he's yeah, he's he's going to stay there. He's not like he's some star player or anything like that. That yeah, he's got pressure on him. Like if if your spine's doing well, you're scoring tries, everything. He's just going to be forgotten, I guess, in all the talking points. Yeah, and I think that's that's one thing that's frustrated me this year is that right edge. So Stags is thirty four errors, which is a lot of errors. Um, I think he's second in the comp to only to only behind um, Zach Lomax. Like Stags is thirty four errors. Reese Walsh is thirty three. Come home, Reese. Come make mistakes <laughs> with the boys. Uh, Selwyn Cobbo has thirty three. That's so equal third, and then not the not the most of back rowers, but Ricky has sixteen mistakes as well. And that's one thing that has frustrated me this year. And I think he's like the second or third most mistakes for a back rower. But that the way that right edge has given up ball so easily has frustrated me a bit. But it's definitely more annoying when it's Ricky because when Selwood and Stags do it, very often like the done love good things that you move past it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Ricky drops the ball, like Jordan, you fuck. Like, oh, you idiot. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Uh, oh. Yeah, he's like, not he's not done all the freaky good things to to let you overlook it. Yeah, or it's not being like so half the time when Stags and Cobbo make mistakes, it's like Stags has got around the outside of someone and offloads it, it goes over the sideline. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess you saw that or whatever. Ricky just drops something to hit up and you're like, Jordan, mate. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. <laughs> please. Uh, please stop. And yeah. uh, obviously he has all the tools, but he's been very frustrating. And I've, I've no doubt he frustrates the coaches obviously like him, but he, no doubt he frustrates them too, because they'd see, you know, his physical attributes. And the mistakes he make, but I don't think they're going to drop him anytime soon. So, oh well. But uh, yeah, just the, like last week, we could have won that game, and we needed to. Honestly, we needed the four against. We could have won that game by fifty. We stopped dropping the ball, but instead, those guys combined for what? Cobo made five mistakes, Ricky four, and Stags one. But to be fair to Cobo, I think two of his other mistakes are from Scatoni throwing him over the sideline. So, still, it's a lot of lot of turnover from like. You know, guys within about ten meter space of each other. Yeah. How many errors the does rest the, of the team? How many errors does the left hand side have compared to them? Yeah. I mean, well, Oates is a few as well, but like again, wingers are going to have mistakes anyway. Like they get mis- like every if you step on the side, on that's an error, right? So um. Yeah, but they're so, also like they've also got kicks, like bombs kicked at them and stuff. Correct. Anyway, so Oates has um he has twenty nine, which is a bit, and then. Other Broncos, I'll have to quickly look it up, but they're nowhere like Herbie's nowhere up there. No one else is near up there, you know? So it's not close. And even Reynolds himself, mate, for a guy like he's trying a lot and has made lots of mistakes. He's only got like, it was like 12 or 13 errors, which is a really low number for halves. So um, I'll pull up Herbie's number now, but they're, they're holding onto the ball. And that's what was really frustrating me on against the Knights. It's like they were going right and getting good meters. And it's like, boys, we just like hold the ball. Hold the ball, get tackled, we'll spread back left, we'll score. But we couldn't. Yeah, so uh, Herbie made nine nine mistakes this year. There you go. Yeah. No, and it, about one and a half games of Catoni or Cobo. <laughs> <laughs> uh. so, and that stuff's only fr- really frustrating because like, we got away with it against the Knights and they scored two garbage tries, but we just know in games like tomorrow night, I know people don't rate Storm anymore as much as they do, as, as me and you fear them for history, but 
you can't drop the ball like eight times on a second tackle spread against the storm. Yeah, which is about to happen. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. But I've been it's mostly been players I'm impressed with, really. Like I've been really happy with Corio. It's not even impressed. We like there's honestly not many people stood stood by Corey. And I've stood by some guys to a fault. Corey, I stood by the entire damn time. I had to argue with people. It was killing me in preseason when people took that one tweet and were telling me Jordan Pereira was going to start up Corey Oates. I was like, no, he fucking isn't. He's not. He's not this in the same class of player, but it's been really nice to see Corey Oates have a bounce back. Probably regret those couple of years of being an idiot. And we actually heard him speak post-game on Saturday about his regrets of the last couple of years. And it was a really good interview from Corey talking about like how told Corey Parker once him and his mates, you know, use guys left. I had no mates left and I started listening to the wrong people. Didn't take on advice, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's really nice to see him bounce back and scoring tries. He's most in a season for a Bron- at the Broncos somehow already. But um, I just love him scoring and so on. But Corey Oates celebrates every try like it's the grand final winning try. And I'm here for it. He does that jump up every time. <laughs> so this, this season from him is the most ever from the Broncos in a season. No, no, from his most ever in the season. Not oh, his. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I was going to say, like, I would have no. thought there'd be some, like, we, we've had some good wingers and stuff over the yeah. years. But yeah. Well, we've not actually been very good at, um, like, throughout history, we haven't really had many, like, top, top, like, try scorers. If you get me, we've never really <laughs> finished at top, but we always attempt to spread the ball around. Like, you know, some teams like South for a decade have scored on the left hand side, you know? Yeah. So we've only had, I think it's uh, ran off. I think was it Renoff, Darren Smith, Lottie, and Falau scored more than twenty in a season. I think that's like it. Yeah. So that's not a lot. Maybe there's one or two others in those years. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Like because even like Dell was a, a try scorer, and uh, yeah, I don't think he he's done that either. So for us anyway. Uh, so yeah, like Corey Oates getting to nineteen now should be at twenty soon, and Selwyn might get to twenty as well. That's you know pretty big for. Broncos wingers, but I think that a lot of it comes with like having guys like Adam Reynolds and actually land a kick where it's supposed to go. <laughs> that, that does help. It does help. But yeah, I've been really happy with um with his bounce back. Uh yeah, I don't know. I've been I'm generally pretty happy with the team bar a few frustrating holes. Oh, and he's not played for a few weeks, but Paddy Carrigan being one of the best forwards in the world. What the hell? But here we are. Yeah. Awesome I, I feel that's something I mean, we we've not had many episodes, but that's probably something we haven't talked about a heap. But I apologize last time we did it. (laughs) It constantly amazes me, like, the discussions he's in about, like, how good he is and that he deserved, like, you know, origin jerseys and all this. But, like... And he got the player of the series. It, it, like, it amazes me that he is getting those discussions, but it's that I also agree with those discussions and it's, like, it's real. Like, it's not, like... You get people all the time that they get hyped up and, you know, you don't you don't think it's it's real, you know, but like he's getting all that talk and it's like, yeah, no, he deserves that. Now, now Simo, I know people who are here this after this podcast know that they obviously this will be late for them, but you will not fucking believe that Stephen Crichton just scored an intercept try to open the game <laughs> against South. Off Damien Cook this time though, but the same thing, sweet play left, they threw an intercept to, to Stephen Crichton. <laughs> Hang on, I'll have to, this is, 
Yeah, we have to. We have to do it. You have to look. That's so funny. Crying yeah, I'm. Set, I'm but... bringing up Ko now. This is outstanding podcasting. But oh, like, I don't care. But I like just that. I got like my, my phone just started vibrating. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like three people messaged me. <laughs> so, like, oh, that's amazing. Three, three minutes into the game. Yeah, it, it cook through it. Yeah, it bounced on the ground. But oh my god, that is amazing. Oh, um. Anyway, there's one thing. One thing I'm disappointed in too, and. It's going to rear its ugly head in the off-season and media is still talking about it. But I've not, I don't, not even disappointed in the contract stuff. I've actually been disappointed in Payne Haas the last few weeks. And it's not that he's not running the ball or doing, doing his job because he is. But I don't think we've seen a lot of special effort from Payne Haas in the last few weeks. And those are the things that made Payne like, they made Payne Haas Payne Haas, made him the best prop in the game. You know, when you'd see a, a grubber going to the end goal and Payne Haas is there just cleaning it up. Or you'd see like, uh, who was it against? It was against the Roosters the first time. I think Nat Butcher made a line break and Payne Haas like dives out and grabs him with his hand. You know, one hand and stops him scoring. Like, it's you not know? just that he would, you know, dive on the grubber and save a try. It's that you'd yeah. often see he could do a play like that in the 79th minute when we'd exactly. been beaten by 20 points. Like it He's doesn't matter. And he was still doing that. And it hasn't been there for like the, seven or eight weeks. The disappointing thing for me is I've had this argument with my brother about Payne Haas, like, eight times this year <laughs> and I keep standing up for Payne Haas and he keeps just being kind of average this year. I mean, yeah. like you said, like he's been a great ball carrier still, but like I've seen him like, you know, not so active off the ball in defense, you know? Yeah. It's like if he started his career like this and this is like how he played every year, like you wouldn't be disappointed in the player he is, but you just, you're expecting more from Payne Haas. Like, you are, you are, hundred percent. Like if he started, if he was like this in the side of his career, he'd still be one of the best young props in the game. But he was getting talked about as the best forward in the game, like twenty. You know, yeah. And it's those special extra effort areas that you know he has, and I'm just hoping it's to do the shoulder injuries and similar. But that's what makes him the guy who thinks he's worth one point two million dollars, whatever a year. Excuse me, but if he played like he's playing now in the last five weeks, I wouldn't pay him a million. So no, you like. There's some average people on like 800. You'd pay him around that or 900, yeah. and you know. But like, if you want 1.2, like that's very special player areas. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And you've got to do it every week, or if not do it every week, you still got to have like because like Cam Munster doesn't do it every week, right? But Cam Munster like 12 times a year decides to win a game. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and and the times where he the weeks he is doing it, he's doing he's stuff that nobody else can even think about doing. Yeah, that's it. Like the weeks he's doing stuff, stuff like that, he's the best player in the world, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, anyway, but that, that's funny. That discussion we, when we wanted Munster, if he came now, what ball playing lock can Munster? We could fit him in. <laughs> uh, Maybe he can play hooker. Someone on Facebook probably said that. <laughs> um, do we want to do anything else for questions? Uh, not really much to talk about with the Knights game. Uh, we smashed him. Yeah, I we probably I, should have won by 60. I watched it the next day too. You never get like a true feeling for how the game was going when you watch it the next day and you know the score, like, yeah, you know, you know, it's safe and you, yeah. But right. I, honestly, that whole game, I felt safe too, though. Like when we watched, even when they got down to 18, 10, and the complete, it's like, oh, game on here. I'm like, it's kind of not. Cause if we like hold the ball for two sets, we score. We just yeah. haven't done that the whole game, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like when I watched it, it never seemed like it was, the Knights are that good. I, I don't really, yeah. obviously, I think they're a bad side and I don't really think they were doing much good with the ball. But yeah, it, knowing the score, 
does influence that. It does. But uh, yeah, so it just, yeah, I'm disappointed in pain. We'll mention that again. Like, even like oh, I've been up Tessie's ass, like when they, Corey Pakes missed that tackle on the goal line, got ran over by Zay Musgrove, like pain, what should happen too? And I was like, that's, it just killed me. It's like you, you used to be the dude diving in as well. But yeah. It's not. Um, but yeah, Knights game didn't matter that much. We had this storm tomorrow, and the most people think ever, like all season, like telling people we're going to lose to them, even if they put that rock, that reserve grade side out. And we might beat them. We could, right? We could. But I'm not going in there expecting we're going to beat them. But like, of course, it's their best lineup since like round nine. And round nine's the back end of the, the period they're beating teams with like 50 every week. And they're not the old storm. I don't expect that, but they're still the storm at Suncorp. They still have now, they have Munster and Jerome Hughes is back. You know, the back line isn't full of reserve graders. The four pack isn't crash hold. It's not. But if we make all those mistakes we've been making, they don't need a good four pack because we don't, they don't need to work the way out the field if we just give them field position. That's why yeah. people are like, oh, their pack's garbage. Like, well, I'm not going to believe they're not going to have opportunities until we can hold them to the pill. Like, we should smash them through the guts, even without Carrigan, right? We should. <laughs> And win the field position battle, but we can drop the ball in our own half like five times a game. That's not going to happen. They're going to get chances, and that's why we lost to them last time when we lost down there when both teams were hampered. So, you know, uh, I know completion rates overrated, but this is one of the games that like we can we can beat them if we just like if we honestly keep a high completion rate, play boring footy, but we hate boring footy, and I hate watching boring footy too. But that's kind of how we beat the storm, right? Yeah. I, on the Suncorp thing, I, I don't know if it's going to be as much of a thing going forward with the Storm. Like, yeah. it's very easy for like Suncorp Storm when it's Cam Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater, Will Chambers. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I, like, the side they have now isn't like this Queensland origin rep player dominated side. You got Munster, but yeah, I just think. Those the old players they had, they love Suncorp just in general, not just like going to play the Broncos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I you know, and I know they're not the same team they were. Like they're not. The Storm won't be, but it's still. I still think there's a bit of a mental hurdle there, though. I know, and I don't think they were the same thing they were at Suncorp. I think that Suncorp period's kind of gone, gone, as you said, because a lot of that teams changed and similar. But I still think it's a mental hurdle for us. I'm not sure if we're ready to get over that yet. Yeah. And they probably they come in confident too, mate. They beat they beat a team every time you play, and you're going to come in confident. But yeah, if we had Paddy, oh God, I can't believe I'm saying this, would be a bit more confident. They did get it right last week, by the way. Starting Ryan James, he played straighter. You know, Tat looked better, and uh, we missed Pat doing that from a dude. Like I still can't believe that, as you said earlier, he's in the conversation he does with that. I can't believe that we heard things at Pat Harrigan for like five years, and none of them ever became true. So I never could ever believe anything. But I can't believe all the things he said in the off season actually happened. Yeah. That's what I'm not going to believe. It's like, I've been told how good he's going to be forever. It never happened. But this offseason, it's like, oh, I'm working on my ball playing. I've dropped weight so I can, you know, I can play with more impact, all that kind of stuff. And it was true. It's like, what? <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, do you want to do the questions? Yeah. Um, I might just skim through these. I don't know if, if we, uh, uh, well, Tim, he says to go get Munster. Oh um, mate, no, I mean there's no way to play him for us now, honestly. I mean, I know you don't you know, if you get a Cam Munster, you probably let someone go, but they no, not Ezra and Reese. Um Kai or Q U Y, so sorry for if I butchered that pronunciation. Uh, Q U Y, you're aware. Yeah. Uh 
could Kevy be the slowest mentally coach in the game? The stats when Tessie and Turden <laughs> play <laughs> Turden <laughs> are abysmal compared to when Pakes and Martin plays. He really should have found a way to keep Martin on the cheap and offloaded Tessie and Turpin. It's not his decision. Yeah, I think I mean we said this before. I think Tamari needs a starting spot somewhere. Yeah, uh, exactly. It it didn't as you say get rid of Turpin. Turpin's going. Yeah. I like guess he's, he's yeah. He's off contract. Like Kevy and it's pretty open to Kevy doesn't control the roster. I mean lots of clubs people like to blame the coach or similar, but like Ben Ike, it's Ben Iken's job. Ben Iken assembles the roster. Kevy picks the team. And obviously Kevy has some impact on that, but he, it's not his decisions anymore. You know, and it never was going to be. And I think, you know, I've been a really harsh critic of Kevy Walters as a coach. I think some people are being too harsh right now on Kevy. Like, we are winning. It's going well. I know we could be better, but why in the fuck would they punt him? Yeah, I don't have many great things to say about Kevy. I just, uh, I don't really have much confidence no, at all. No, neither do I, but it's like, like, We've seen before that not the best head coach can win games. And the one thing, and it's an attribute that Kevy has and that people don't rate it because it sounds easy, but honestly, having the ability that other people take control is a skill that modern managers don't have. Most coaches or managers don't have that skill. And he's let the players have a bit more say in how they play. They let Reynolds do a lot more things. Let the assistants do a, bit, a stronger job. And we're winning games doing it. And I get that, like, it doesn't make him the world's best coach, but nobody said he was, you know? And if there was another option there, and they haven't given security or anything either, that might move on. But it's a bit weird, I think, how much we want to, people want to move on from him again right now when we're winning games. You know, we're winning football games. We're going to make the finals. The club's happy. You want to make, you want to play with the happiness that's there? Yeah. Uh, from Stuart, where does Reese Walsh rate in terms of defensive and organizing our defense? Uh, now that we can compare Tessie New, a defensive liability, and Tamara Martin, a solid defensive organizer. The Warriors' defense isn't great, but does that reflect on Reese Walsh's defensive organizing? Concerned he will add loads in attack, but it'd be another Tessie in defense. Oh, he's not a Tessie. Obviously, like I've been watching Reese closer on that side of the ball since we've got brought him back. Because again, when it's not your fullback, you don't care that much a lot of the time. And you notice some things or not, but. You know, he's not Tamaro this week, but that comes with experience, mate. What 20-year-old fullback has ever come in and been that guy? Like, and I know I said it earlier, it didn't come with experience with Tessie, but the thing with Tessie is just the, the sheer lack of effort in defense is the issue I have with Tessie. The massive lack of effort, like even things that you don't, that fullbacks and never, uh, them stopping tries is such a low percent of our happening, right? But you want to see a fullback like, you know, those against the Roosters when, they isolate our halfbacks, our halves on either side for two crash over tries. In both instances, those halves made contact and held that player for like three seconds. You want to see the fullback, if he doesn't get there, at least diving at the top of the torso of the guy, trying to hold him up, right? Yeah. Tessie's never there. Reese Walsh is there. You know, and in that game against the against South, people were going about his defense there. It's like, oh, he got run over by Latrell Mitchell. Do you know what the takeaway from that is? He tried to tackle Latrell Mitchell. Okay, he got run over. He did, but he tried to do it. Tessie knew stepped out of the way of Moses Sully and let him score. You know, it's like Reese tried to do that. He hasn't always done that. It's fine. But even in that same game, when the when South was smashing up by 40, South put a chip kick in. 
you know, into the end goal, like from 30, 40 out. Reese Walsh turned and chased, beat South and battled it dead. And it's like, well, he still gives a shit when they're getting beaten by 40. And I know, as you said, that they organized their defense, but mate, when the Warriors are that bad, it doesn't matter who's at fullbacks. Billy Slater could be there, Tedesco could be there. When they're playing like they are, their defense is still shit house, you know? And the fact he's putting in helps. I think, obviously, he's not going to be the influence Tamari has been because we've heard every player talk about how good Tamari's been on their defense imp- impact. And, but, I don't think he's anywhere near the, the level of liability that Tessie is. Like, I don't think he'll be a liability. I think it'll just be a fullback learning on the job. And he's going to make mistakes, but, like, every fullback does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Kerry, he said, has Corey Pake slept with Kevy's wife and determined her photos of Kevy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've known this forever with Corey, right? That Corey Pake's, like, that. what well, the club doesn't like about him is, like, his defensive contact. And, you know, it's kind of valid, right? It is, but it's like, it's not like Turpin or Similar that much better that it's worth it, like that, that much better defensively that it's worth the rest of it. Turpin got run over this weekend as well. I don't know, yeah. but he, Kevin really likes Turpin. I, that's why you know he's on the control of the roster, by the way. Turpin would still be there next year. For sure. Like, you remember last, start of last year, Turpin was a captaincy contender. Mm. Kevin likes him, you know, obviously another good fella, but yeah. Um, Thomas, he, oh, he's asked some stuff about TMN. We've probably talked about tomorrow Martin and Reese Walsh enough. Uh, he, on Cobo, though, he says, Cobo's great upside in attack. Doesn't seem like organizing a defensive line will ever be his jam. Probably move to center down the track. Is that more likely, yeah. do you think? Yeah, it's one of those things. I said this years ago when people asked this question about Oates forever, and I kept saying Oates is just a winger, and I stick with that one. I don't stick with Cobo being just a winger forever, but also I'm of the opinion that, like, can we, you know, It'll figure itself out, you know? It'll yeah. figure itself out. Let's just stick with the boys and whatever happens, happens. Like right now, and, you know, Dean Mariner might end up going because of his spot, but they have, we have the two wingers for next year at least. You know, we have them. And from there onwards, who knows? Yeah. You know, it's like maybe Cobble goes center. Maybe we have Stags and Mariner stay in the, uh, you know, Mariner's the center. You know, maybe another year after that, Cobo goes to the center then. Or maybe, you know, maybe in three years, maybe Reese Walsh is somehow the halfback, which is in his range of outcomes. I know it sounds ridiculous, but like him being a halfback in his range of outcomes and maybe Cobo's a fullback. But that'll come. Like Tom will come and retention and, and recruitment will, will help decide that for us. Yeah. Uh, from Jesse, watching our attack in opposition 20 compared to other teams, why does it seem like our forwards run bad dummy lines that don't fill any defense? Is it an effort thing or coaching? Are, you, are we watching the same team in attack? Because we score, we score like all the time. <laughs> like we score like every time we get into the team's twenty. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the issue there. Honestly, like, like yeah, we score every like, almost every time we get down there. I know as you said our, our sweeps aren't always the best, and I know we have had. Um, was it a couple of weeks we had a pretty poor game, but most of the year when we've, we've pretty much scored when we've got down the other end or we've done pretty well in possession and gotten created something, you know? So uh, Cameron said, was Zach asking a huge loss for us given the option? Would you keep him or Ricky? I probably wouldn't really care for either way. Yeah. I'd keep Ricky by the way. Yeah. I know that the hosting has just had the easiest job of all time, mate. Like, People didn't know who he was. Honestly, I reckon 90% of Broncos fans didn't know who he was until the Monday before he debuted, right? Yeah. And then he played just two games 
you know, two games. And he did his job. He did. He was really good in those two games. And then he went away. It is really easy, right, to look good for two games. Yeah, it's like he didn't – he just play a couple of games, play solid, don't make mistakes, and then go away before you make make yeah. any mistakes. You know who looked really good for two games and earned himself a contract? Jordan fucking Ricky. Anthony Milford. <laughs> yeah. Like, a year offer. <laughs> you know, like Ricky looked good for that too. And I know Ricky's frustrating, but like Hosking's – and I hope Hosking, I hope he has a good career when he goes to the Panthers. I'm good on him for earning a Panthers deal out of all this. But, you know, he's a 25-year-old rookie, 26 next year. Was on a training trial deal. They've already signed up for, for to the end of 2024. We signed Kurt Capewell, Jordan Ricky, TC Rabadi, and Brendan Piakura. Hosking was on a training trial deal, only played because of all those guys being injured. Wouldn't have never played first grade for us otherwise. Did his job, which is exactly the most you could ever want from a training trial, someone coming in and doing well for two games. And the most thing he could want is to get a contract out of it. And we both got that. And off he goes, you know, and if you give the Panthers a choice of those four guys or Jack Hosking, they'd pick any of the other four before him as well. Yeah. It's just there was one available. You know, that's it. And it's really easy to say, oh, well, I'll get rid of Ricky for, for Hosking. It's like, do you, there's no guarantee that you won't hate Zach Hosking in five weeks as well. I hope he turns into a gun because the Knights let him go. Yeah. And I mean, that's, the club, like, that's the club that made the mistake. He's obviously good enough to be in their top 30. Yeah. Like that's the one that made the mistake there. Like he was a cut player of the year last year. But you know, the guy I love, and I know people hear me talk about too many rookies or forever. I love Brendan Piakura. Like I've been watching his cup all year, has footwork, can pass, has moved his tackle zone, his strike zone up high, he's hitting higher now because he was getting too many concussions. Like just looks all the makings of a superstar back rower. And obviously I'm not up to the machinations of why he hasn't played first grade yet, but they've been really cautious with his concussions. When he got concussed last time, they gave him like three weeks off. But every week in Queensland Cup, he looks like a superstar. So um, I know it's a different level of footy, but it's only a matter of time until he plays first grade for mine. And that's the guy I want there. I couldn't care about Zach Hosking. Right. Uh, from Blake, he said, could the Broncos 2023 team be the hottest team of men ever assembled? They're pretty sexy. I mean, people finally realizing. Like I said, he is, Corey Oates is the hot man. He's an attractive Corey. man. Corey Oates has been that man for a long time and yes. just nobody believes it. Yeah, no. But he yeah, then you're adding Kirby. Adam Reynolds, Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh. Well, Tamari's a big loss in that department. That's a good looking man. Tamari is, yeah. Mate, Ezra's got the eyes, by the way. The missus was like, oh, who's that guy when it zoomed in on him? And he's got the eyes and the and the real solid eyebrows. Ezra's a good looking man. Uh, Kurt Capel's done. Yeah, Jack, Jordan, Ricky Carrigan with the long hair. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like Thor vibes. Like, yeah. Uh, from Chase, he said, "Any chance of spending a good three minutes roasting Tessie and Ricky?" I think we've done that. Done that. Yeah. I mean, I could. Yeah. I want to move on because I don't think I'd see Tessie ever play for us again. But yeah. I could. I could talk about his his positional mistakes for like half an hour. <laughs> Um, right, right, over on to Twitter from Mitch underscore. Please share all of Simo's sporting achievements since your last pod, which is not many. What have I, you done, um, mate? You're a golf man now, aren't you? Yeah, I do golf now. That's that's my thing. I played a couple of games of touch footy, but I don't know if that was before or after the last pod, just filling in for my brother's team. I think, well, probably the best, like, touch footy season as far as scoring tries is probably I've ever had is like six or seven tries. I never scored that many. 
And then I filled in for two games and I scored like seven tries and had like six try assists. Like I was just like amazing for two games. And then everyone's like, come back and play. I was like, yeah, no, nah, not happening. But yeah, and I've been playing a lot of golf. 83 is my best score, just 13 over par. So I've not, I hit that like months ago and not got close That's since. Good. But yeah, we'll go out tomorrow and have a hit. I got a couple of days off, four days off now. So go out tomorrow and have a hit. Yeah, that's good, mate. Well, I should get into it. I live in Kensington now, like across the road from the golf, like not just the golf course, but across the road from um the what's it called, the driving range. Yeah, I just like I'm on my phone like way too much, just all day, like Discord or stuff. Like if anybody pings me or messages, like I get it instantly. Whereas I just like golf. I just turn that off and I was like four hours walk around some trees smack a ball like it just it's like the best thing ever I feel so good after just playing golf well unless, you must hit it okay I, then uh, I've been playing about bogey golf lately so like 18 shots over par which is well, roughly 90 shots in a in a round uh, around about there so it's not great it's it, you're not going to embarrass yourself playing like that level of golf so i'm fairly uh, decently happy with with that so yeah you get a couple of rounds though that you want to just throw some clubs i had is the first round back after a little bit the other day um playing a course i haven't played that much but just changing it up and then i was i think after 15 holes i was like 12 or so over par so like pretty happy with all of that you know, like you know, want to beat bogey mm. golf, pretty happy. And then I had a par five that I like, oh, I just did like, you're setting up for a shot and you're like, you should just be playing like a smart golf. Like oh, I'm right beside some water here. Like just shoot it over there, save shot, get it back in the fairway and then go to the green next. And then you're like, or oh, I could try this miracle shot and just land it <laughs> on the green. Anyway, try that in the water. You got to take a penalty shot, drop. And then so I, oh, I think I shot eight on that par five. So I dropped three shots there. And then the next hole was a short par four that you could probably almost drive. Hmm. And I just hit behind some trees. And then I tried a miracle shot that got behind like the green and then a bunker between me and the green. And I tried to chip over that landed in the bunker, three shots to get out of the bunker. I shot, I think, eight on the par four and just absolutely blew up my round in two holes. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's time to go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, golf. That's what I do now. There you go. You, you, touch is over, huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm too old for that now. Well, yeah, I'm probably going back this year, mate. But like, I think I told guys on here, I told them, I tore my LCL second game at Oz Tag last year. Horrible sport, Oz Tag, by the way. Oz Tag's yeah. also bad for all that because you twist and yeah. all that stuff. Like, at least touch yeah. is basically straight running. Yeah, I was doing it straight. Well, that's all it was, mate. We played this team that didn't understand. They didn't understand Oz Tag. It was like team of young fellas, right? But it was a like first season of playing Oz Tag, and that was you know made like a line break and I decided like and I could feel before the game by the way I usually I have a so I've, so I've got a permanent ruptured quad on my left leg I've had that since I was like early 20s and some weeks it's fine some weeks it's not but what it does do is puts more pressure on my right knee you know yeah. and that day I usually have in my kit bag my boots and everything have like strapping tape but when that season started classic got 
boots were missing. They've turned up, of course, they have, but the women in my life all told me they hadn't touched them. And of course, a few months later, they were where the women put them. But anyway, I was at the field and I was like, fuck, I feel like I need to take my knee. It doesn't feel fully supported, you know? Yeah. It just feels off. And then, yeah, I went and played and like I had this run, beat one guy. Then I'm like, oh, these guys suck. I went to step the fullback and then, yeah, that was it. Yeah. And, and I was like, dude, I, held, I heard the pop. And I was like, fuck, here we go. And honestly, I tore the least bad one to tear. I tore like the LCL, not majorly. Okay. That was like a month on crutches or two on crutches and recovery. But like, I thought of my ACL and I was like, mate, I'm, I'm too crocked to recover from an ACL injury because I've got my other fucked quad as well. I was like, fuck, that could be my sports just done. But uh, yeah, if you, yeah, if you're not a professional athlete and have access to all their stuff, like an ACL can just be it for people. Yeah, well, mixed with my other like like having the the ruptured quad. But like, man, I um had to run for the train the other day, light rail, and because I haven't run like since then properly, I am like as you, when you get older, mate, I am so out of shape. Like I'm not as I've been much heavier before, but I am in the worst shape of my life since then. Hey, <laughs> um, radio. Anyway, last question. Si- any more questions? Sidetracked. Yeah, I've got a f- uh, got a few here. Sorry, oh God, yeah, we're just getting sidetracked. Yeah. Uh, from Danny Boy, uh, is brave loss to the storm the loss we need to have to perfectly continue the 06 vibes journey? <sighs> well, the loss to the uh, Tigers was the 06 vibes, but. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I would love, I'd love to win tomorrow night. I, what I, I really want a Suncorp final in the first week, like so bad, so bad. I've, I've already, I'm already off work that weekend and everything. Like I'm ready to come up, you know. I want it so goddamn bad. And uh, if that doesn't happen, I'll be very, a very sad boy. <laughs> if we don't get one. Like if we somehow end up seventh on with like 14, 15 wins. Yeah, I, I want a home final. Mm. Uh, from Mitch underscore again, he said, if we win the premiership, is it that we've been biking our way to victory after the Kevolution was supplemented with the renovation? I think the answer is yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm all in on the slogans. Yeah. Uh, from Cruzy06, where will Munster signing be announced and why is he signing with the Broncos? Oh, I would love it, obviously, obviously somewhere, playing somewhere. I don't know where. My God, um, I cannot believe they've only got 800000 for him. I can't believe they paid all the other guys first. If ever there was a player that you were like, you don't have a position, your position is just on the field, just give Munster that position. Like, I don't know who you take off the field, but just, just you go out there and just do whatever you want. <laughs> um. From Jack W. Colley. Uh, is Kevy the only man alive who doesn't realize Ricky needs to be dropped? Why is Xavier Willison the future best middle in the game? And we don't care about Haas leaving. Yeah, I mean Haas leaving is it's gonna we're gonna care. Like we are. Like the thing that's gonna make me not care is that like we said this before about his like his management and what it's just going to be a thing every year him Mm. leaving him going to what french union or whatever it was like i'm just i'm over that already and it's been like two months of it yeah mate i think that's the thing who he signed up with it's quite funny hearing him talk he hasn't really got a a full understanding i think of where things are coming from he's like i don't know where this union stuff came from i'm not leaving australia it's like 
mate. Uh, that's your, the person you, know, the, you, the person you pay to do that. Yeah, that's the guy doing that. It's like they're not the you know the paper isn't making up the union talks for you, mate. They're not. Your agent is making them up, and um, that's that's a funny part. It's like you signed with the dude, well, you're with the dude and his team that took Sonny Bill Williams to Europe for money. You're going to get linked to going to Europe for money. You know, like, um, yeah, obviously, but it's well, like, I think you said, if he goes, I'll still be upset. But as you said, the other part is this bullshit's never stopping, though. Hey, for these current managers. No, it's, it's going to be const- just constant. Yeah. And it just feels like it doesn't matter. Um, like, people don't go in the Sunny Bill Williams camp or similar to stay in the same spot forever. <laughs> so it feels like no matter what, he won't be a Bronco for life if he stays with those guys. So, yeah, like, so I've already, I've already given up on that. So yeah. if it happens, whatever. Yeah, it's like you know, and and the one thing with, on, with the advantage we have for pain is that, like, honestly, he can't really play any other sport. Like, he can't play union. What sports? Is he going to play in union? Like, he's not a union forward. Boxing's the only other thing he can yeah. go do. That's it. But they do it at the same time now. As I was saying, like, he's not going to go play union. He can't play AFL. So, like, all the forwards that went from league to union, because it's such a technical position playing in the union forwards, they played, like, inside centre. Like, Sam Birch, inside centre. Ben Teo, inside centre. Payne Haas is not playing centre in union. Those guys played, like, second row here. So, so I'm saying, yeah, that's it. Like, Payne Haas is nowhere near a union convert. Like, you can't go there and play that. Or, like, you know, he looks like a number eight in union. But, like, if you've, you know, done zero... Work of being a union forward. You can't just go there in your 20s and be a good union forward. Yeah. Uh, from Osport Matters, he said, this is preempting the first 20 minutes of the podcast. Cam Smith, G.I. Cronk and Ashton Sims are gone, fellas. It's okay to acknowledge the storm of death. <laughs> you say that. You say that, uh, Andy. We're going to get banged. It's really worked out for us post those guys, hasn't it? Yeah. And everyone else. It's really worked out. Like I know they're not the team they were at the start of the year or last year right now. But we haven't beaten them since 2016. You know, maybe we need Cooper, Cam, and, and those guys back. Do you remember this was this is a big meme and like I guess a story in like soccer circles? But it was when like Alex Ferguson, Man United were playing Tottenham and they were getting beaten in the first half. Yeah. And he goes in to give the halftime talk and he's like, lads, it's Tottenham and walked out. Like, yeah. I feel that's all Bellamy has to do to the storm. It's like, guys, it's, it's the Broncos and we're at Suncorp. And then walk out. Like, what are we that's doing here, Yeah, and, and that mental stuff does matter. Even though the team rolls over, it does matter. People don't think it doesn't matter, but it's like, no, that, that Storm team will come in with confidence no matter what, playing at Suncorp. And also on the back of how they played the last few weeks. Like they have Again, I know they only beat the Titans and Panthers without half their good players, but they still won. They, they, look, you know? they look better too. Like... Yeah, but also they'll come in, the winner's confidence will come in with, you know? Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully, we can beat them. Like they, again, they are beatable. They are, but there's a reason, like a dollar fifty favorite as well, because everyone knows they they beat us up there. You know. Yep. Uh, from Butsy, he said, "If the Broncos let Haas leave and chase Monster." Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
How will that help combat the crippling depression caused by me missing Simo? <laughs> Everyone's got all nice comments for me tonight. That's... Look at that, mate. They miss, yeah. they miss your, your touch stories, mate. They, yeah. they just want the podcast back. Yeah. Semi regularly. <laughs> uh, from M. Sprouse Day. How's the, how is the passport shredding going? It well, is. It's good weather up here. I love our winters up here. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it was on our cards moving back up there. Um, but like we, I've got a house deposit money, but essentially it can't use it until Anna's visa is permanent. So, ah, uh, okay. Like, cause essentially they won't include Anna's salary in anything, like any of our applications. Yeah, yeah. And whilst I could, we could buy a house and just my house, I'd rather be like salary. I'd rather buy a house. We can actually afford. If you get me, we can get a better house. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we were looking at, we we're looking at houses in Brisbane. We were, but then that happened. So probably three or four years away. I, uh, every now and then I'll just mention to Emily that we should, you know, consider Brisbane. Yeah. Oh, mate. Like, if, I, I know got, it's only one round. I haven't gotten very far yet, but, you know. I know Magic Round isn't real life, but, like, every time I go to Suncorp, mate, I want to move up there. And you have the same feeling when you go down. Oh, it's not even just Suncorp. Like, it's the vibe. You're just there for, like, a regular game. Like, I don't, we go to, if I go down, it's, you know, usually a bigger game, like a Cowboys game. You know, you get, it's bigger than just, you know, Friday night versus the Tigers or whatever. But yeah, you just anytime you're down there, it's just a great place. Um uh, I don't think there's more of Walters stuff talk, um, hooker talk. Ah, mm. uh, here we go. Last one here we'll do from Morris. Uh F me, I thought you boys retired. Should wait and do it after we beat the storm for the first time in 20 years. Looking forward to it. P.S. How bad is our bench? Well, yeah, we're, we're looking at doing one. We spoke like last week we had to get a podcast in, but I've had the other one the last two nights. But uh, like, you know, we could wait to after the win or we could just make sure we podcast it. <laughs> you know? I think, well, we definitely found it easier before you changed around Boom Rookies because it used to be just like Wednesday nights and it fit in and yeah. it worked. Yeah, also um, a, lot, a different time, like, you know, you didn't have kids. Not just that, but it's like that. I have my partner here now too, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and I could be that, oh, I'm a girlfriend guy, but it's like Anna's in Australia, right? And she knows nobody but me. So I understand when you bring someone overseas into the country that you have to commit a bit more time to them than you would in other times. And, you know, very often, like she went dancing tonight, which is good, went to a dance class. But, you know, it's sometimes it's like, I want a podcast, but also Anna's really lonely. So it just misses it. it happens, yeah. But. Yeah. You can only just give them the laptop and Netflix so many times. <laughs> oh, mate. If, you know, if there was any any money in it in Australia, like there is overseas, and I know there is for a few people, I'd love to just, just podcast forever, you know, not work and do that, but it can't be a conglomerate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sports yeah. is not big oh, enough. There was, there was one question about Pangai. I think we should answer. Where's that? I have not even seen that. Okay. Here we go. I'll ask this one. So, Jack Colley asks us, why are we going to squander three years of Reynolds with Kevius coach? Because we couldn't bullet him with an okay performance to get a better coach. Well, it's, I get it, mate. I do get it. You know, I would love a better coach as well, but it's just the timing thing. You know, it's like they really can't, and maybe they will eventually, but on it's, they really can't punt Kevy after how they've played now, right? And Reynolds seems to be enjoying himself. You'd have to come from the playing group for Kevin to go right now, you think. And maybe you could go in the off season, but even then, like 
the way they've managed the club so well now, if they were looking to replace him, we wouldn't hear about it. I think also, like, I think you could replace Kevy, but not in the current coaching situation. Like, I don't think there's anyone out there that is like, this person is yeah. the next greatest coach. You need to get this person. Or there's not like, like if Craig Bellamy was, we've talked, it, it's always yeah, Craig Bellamy. Bellamy. But if he was off contract and if he wanted to come to Brisbane, like, yeah, the, you could make it happen for the right people. But there's no one out there I think is really like banging down the door to be a great coach for a long time at the Broncos. And I don't like, I honestly just think Adam Reynolds, like I'm, I'm not there day to day. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The vibe I get is that Adam Reynolds does pretty much the coaching and tells Kevy what to do. And Kevy's just like cracking four X's and stuff. Like, well, Kevy's admitted that Reynolds made him a better coach, and that takes balls to admit that too. But yeah, that's part yeah. of it, right? No, I get that. I get what he's saying. And maybe it could be another year away that'll change and might be squandering. But I really don't think, like, I know people want to win comps. And we, I think we're a good chance, like, we're a good squad next year, you know, that like we might be a contender. But um, I think the club's happy with being competent right now for a little while and his next question for that he said for me he says for Mitch what do you miss most about to be the pan guy for him it's the twice a year smug satisfaction of being right on him um, <laughs> well I when he let I was ready for him to go last year people know now I, the year before when it got announced he was going to go I was furious but last year I was like yeah that's time to go good money for him whatever we can move on but he's also gone to the dogs and um, he's gone to the dogs and not been fit Right, not being fit that year this year, which hasn't helped. But Jesus Christ, you put him fit Pangai in Ricky's spot, would be killing. He'd be killing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on that edge, I, but whatever. Like I do miss the couple of really good games a year, but honestly, the the fact that he's left and been injured most of the year, that they haven't missed him at all. I mean, yeah, you used to get those couple of good games and you go find that old Chris Gary tweet <laughs> about ceiling. Exactly. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I think Pengar will be better next year. Bulldogs will Same. be better next year. I think he'll be better next year. And I'm always getting like when he has those good games, I'm going to always enjoy that. And yeah, same. if he plays for someone else, you don't have to not enjoy the bad games. Yeah. I mean, 100%, mate. I'm with you on that. Like, you play someone else and he's good. It's positive. But he has barely trained all year at the, that Bulldogs full time with the carrying hammy injuries or similar. But yeah. Um, I did enjoy it. Like, there is a couple couple of games a year, like Pangai for us. We all know this. It's true as well. He hit a level that no one else in our team hit, or many forwards don't. So it was fun. Yeah. This Penrith game is so good. You've been watching it? Yeah, it's on the second screen. The re- yeah, got, yeah. We've got the reverse Dom Young from Liam Martin there. Like, you know how Liam, like Dom Young had a 12-point try from saving and scoring? Yeah, yeah. Liam Martin just bombed a try. and then <laughs> could let it in. Yeah. <laughs> Like, just bomb the, just bomb putting the ball down in the. It's a very Broncos try to concede, but I by them actually forward to drop the ball, chasing a kick in the end goal, and then concede on the seven to tackle set after it. Terrible. Yeah, right. Well, I think that's anyway, all. That's we've it. Got. That's it. Podcast is done. We're yep. good to be back. Maybe we'll be back in the next six months. See you all Who in like two months' time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see you later. All right, see ya.